everyone, this is Leslie Keith. I'm president of the board of directors at the Lipedema Project and director of research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today, I have an excerpt from a presentation by Siobhan Huggins at our Innovative Solutions for Lipedema and Lymphedema Virtual Symposium that was held in October 2021. Siobhan is a budding researcher and had been diagnosed with lipedema herself earlier in 2021. In this excerpt, she talks about the possible mechanisms for why keto works for lipedema, including its action to improve metabolic health and lymphatic function, how it may reduce fibrosis and hypoxia, and how it addresses hypothyroidism, a common comorbidity of lipedema. So the question becomes, why might ketogenic diets be helping when previously it was thought that diet made no difference? A few possibilities come to mind that I'd like to explore in depth. First off, perhaps one reason is that when properly implemented, ketogenic diets appear to be helpful for improving metabolic health. Verda Health has published multiple papers relating to significant improvements in type 2 diabetes and prediabetes, fatty liver, and blood markers related to heart health, all of which are reflections of metabolic health overall. Verda isn't the only one to note improvements like this, however. As shown in this graphical abstract, another study showed that over four weeks, a low-carb diet was helpful for more participants in improving markers of metabolic syndrome than moderate or high-carb diets, even when the participants were intentionally prevented from losing weight. And although, like the previous one, not specifically ketogenic, this study found that compared to a low-fat diet, a very low-carbohydrate diet resulted in improved metabolic health markers in obese adults over the course of eight weeks. Not only that, but ketones produced from a ketogenic diet themselves may also impact lymphatic function as well. We'll be discussing ketones more later, and we'll go into more depth then, but for now, one important aspect is that they can act as signals to cells, changing their behavior. In this study, they reported that one signal they can send is helping to encourage lymph vessel growth in mice. They also mentioned that ketogenic diets have been shown to reduce limb size in humans with lymphedema, in effect suggested to be from weight loss, However, if the ketogenic diet can help grow new lymphatic vessels in people, perhaps this may be beneficial in lipedema to compensate for the leaky blood vessels and help reduce some of the swelling and pain. Lipidemic fat, on the other hand, can have a grainy texture like it has little uncooked grains of rice in it, or it can have larger firm lumps. The small and large lumps are called nodules and form as a result of extensive scarring within the fat called fibrosis. The fibrosis in lipidemic tissue may result from a couple different things. For example, physical or mechanical damage, if the tissue isn't well-supported, could cause scarring, or metabolic damage from inadequate access to oxygen and nutrients, or both. Fibrosis in fat doesn't just occur with lipidema. However, this may actually explain why fat in lipidemic areas specifically is so difficult to lose, as fibrotic fat can be resistant to weight loss. If the unhealthy fat in lipedema is location-specific, it'd follow that the fat loss patterns would reflect that. This paper also suggested that dysfunctional and dying fat cells seen both in lipedema and obesity may trigger fibrosis in itself, though there may also be something else at play here. Hypoxia, or insufficient access to oxygen, has been noted in both obesity and lipedema, and this may contribute to the fat cell injury and death, which could promote fibrosis just by itself, but hypoxia may contribute to fibrosis more directly as well. Perhaps a ketogenic diet could impact the development of fibrosis through the presence of ketones themselves. 
For those not aware, ketone bodies are produced by the liver as a result of fat metabolism. Ketogenic diets are named after ketone genesis or making ketones. And I won't wander too far into the chemistry weeds here, so don't worry. But the main thing to know is that in order to turn fuels like ketone or glucose into ATP, essentially usable energy by the cell, you need to use some oxygen to do it. This is part of why hypoxia is a problem. However, ketones produce more ATP when metabolized, which means that when compared to glucose or fatty acids, you need less oxygen to get the same amount of usable energy. Think of it in terms of a situation where oxygen availability is acting as a bottleneck, such as hypoxia. You need a certain amount of energy to fuel the tissues, otherwise they can begin to starve and die, which may contribute to our fibrosis problem. But you have a limited amount of oxygen to use to create that energy. But if ketones are available and used, this would mean you get more energy for the same oxygen cost, which could help meet the energy needs in the tissue. I wanted to briefly touch on hypothyroidism. As it is very common, some estimates as high as 40% in those with lipedema. I've seen many in the groups express confusion over how to best manage lipedema and hypothyroidism at the same time as if they contradict each other. This confusion is likely stemming from articles claiming that keto is bad for thyroid function or that it tanks your thyroid or whatever else. I personally couldn't find any studies looking at the impact of keto and hypothyroidism itself. Many studies I found on the general impact of thyroid were looking at classical ketogenic diets used for epilepsy, which there's been some criticism on the formulation of those. And so they may have their own problems when looking at this kind of thing. But they also mention lower T3 levels. While it is true that T3 levels, which is a type of thyroid hormone, have been noted to fall on ketogenic diets, Amber O'Hearn has a blog post that points out this may be a feature, not a bug may not be an indication of developing or worsening hypothyroidism. Instead, this may act as a signal that the body is just using less glucose for fuel, which helps it to spare muscle, among other things. Essentially, energy regulation. To look into this a bit further, I reached out to Dr. Linskis, a physician who uses ketogenic diets in his practice. He was kind enough to share his experience and said that from what he sees in his patients with hypothyroidism, their symptoms generally improve on a ketogenic diet, not worsen. They lose fat, they gain lean mass, and they have more energy. And though this is only his experience, and I'd love to see direct research on it, perhaps this indicates that keto may not only be helpful for lipedema, but also the hypothyroidism that is frequently along for the ride. If you know how exactly keto improves a specific symptom, but say this normally takes two weeks to kick in just using the diet, there may be ways to induce this effect much faster. The method could be used to bridge the gap as a temporary bootstrapping method until the effects from the diet itself kick in, after which you'd no longer need the bootstrap and you could quit doing it. Of course, there are things to be cautious of when doing this, certain signals you may be sending, all that, but hopefully you see the point, especially in terms of things like swelling or pain relief. Quicker is sometimes better. Not only that, but keto is a very broad term and can include a lot of things, which leaves a lot of room for error. We all know keto products that aren't actually keto or just things that actually are keto, but people can sometimes have trouble with for one reason or another. If someone tries a ketogenic diet for lipedema and isn't seeing improvement, then knowing where the pitfalls are and what they are and why they exist can help you get out of them if you fall into one. No one likes feeling like they're stumbling around in the dark, so better understanding means that we can better support others and ourselves when trying to figure this out. Thank you, Siobhan. That was incredible and really nice distillation of the possible mechanisms for keto and why it works for lipedema. 
And if you found this excerpt interesting and want to hear the rest of Siobhan's lecture, as well as any of the other ones that happened at our symposium, you can purchase the recordings of this and all the other amazing presentations from each of our virtual symposiums by visiting our website, lipedema-simplified.org, and click on the Lipedema Symposiums button. And really, thank you so much to you, all of you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. You can now also follow Living Well with Lipedema on Amazon Music and get new episodes when they become available. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema Flash Briefing. Hi there, this is Catherine Sayo with a very quick and exciting announcement just to let you know our three-day event, Heart to Heart, is coming up March 31st, April 1 and 2. Make sure you don't miss it. We have speakers coming from all over the world and an amazing schedule for interaction with all of the community. It's going to be spectacular. Go to lipedema-simplified.org and be sure to click the link to get more information. And we'll see you there.